talking about none other than the chairman of Western United and the Western Melbourne Group, Jason Sarasas, who joins us now. Jason, uh, a very warm welcome to you. Great to have you on the green room. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Lockie, and uh, thanks for the lovely welcome. Very flattered. Uh, absolutely our pleasure. Of course, you know, we could talk about about the uh, the most fi- the most recent result in the first leg of the semi final against Victory, but I think we might might leave the uh, the on field stuff to to Chris Pelavanis when he joins us later on in the program, because the the reason we've been hunting you down to to join us on the green room because you are the man with in in literal and figurative terms the master plan when it comes to Western United. Uh, we haven't had you on since, um, or haven't been able to get you on since the announcement of the uh, the training precinct going underway. You must be so, so wrapped to be to be part of this football club towards the pointy end when things are just, uh, from the seemings of things, going so well both on and off the pitch at the moment. Yeah, it's been, um, it's definitely been a journey, that's for sure. And um, your show just seems to always angle to Chris Palavanas. He doesn't share with me, so I have to fight to get onto your that's, show. That's so not our, I just want to make it clear, that's not our directive. <laughs> You've got to take that up with CFA. I will. I definitely will. So, um, but anyway, it's good we're to be on the show. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a it's been a journey. Um, on, again, the, the football club, I suppose, is a forward-facing, first live sport asset we've got. Um, but it's been such a, a power of work going behind the scenes uh, to get our precinct ready, and it's it's a in effect the city centre of Wyndham. So there's a lot of planning, a lot of um, work with Wyndham, and and um, and ultimately there's a process before we could even speak about it publicly, like I have been, I suppose, over the last month. Um, and that process was in effect getting the state government to approve the master plan, which it's all happened relatively quickly. So that was Feb. Um, we found out about it. I was actually late January. We found out about it the first, second week of Feb. Then Wyndham, um, you know, did a, a really um, awesome, you know, press release uh, on site a few weeks ago. And then uh, from then uh, we can actually tell the story and start uh, telling the world about the journey and, and what the plans are from here. And we're full steam ahead on, um, on, on building, the, uh, you know, starting with the training field, but, uh, the broader precinct as well in the main stadium um, is underway. Take us through some of that journey then, Jason. Uh, rewind for us. What's what's involved in, in achieving this? Because everybody can talk and say they've got big plans, but actually, actually executing something like this, there's a lot of organisational work that goes into it. There's a lot of red tape to get through. Uh, rewind and, and give us a bit of a sense of that journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's um, it's the first of its kind in the country. So it's the first public-private partnership in sport um, in the country, and they're actually quite common overseas. And uh, my wife's from Milwaukee, and it's a, it's, you know, I always refer to the Milwaukee Bucks precinct. Um, first of all, it's tribalism through geography, which is what we're about. Um, if you're born in Milwaukee, you don't have any uh, any choice. You have to follow for the you know the Milwaukee Bucks and the whole city. It's sort of um just activated with sport. It's just and when is it when the Bucks are playing. You know, it's a three, four-hour lead-up. Uh, it's the anticipation to the game. The game's on. Um, the whole city shuts to watch the game. And then, you know, there's a post-game, uh, you know, even after the event, the, the city's still buzzing from the game. So that that tribalism and, and geogra- geographic tribalism we're trying to create um, is part of the, the narrative. And then, um, you know, the, it's, you know, I, I just actually just moved into a house uh, two weeks ago and it was just one house, 500 square metres in a, in a suburban Melbourne that has all electricity, water, gas, you know, all the um, utilities that we need. Uh, and it was still one and a half years to, over. So put that into um, our context. This is you know, 500 square metre home. Um, and put into context, we're, we're doing a 150-acre town centre with Wyndham and the, the land had no gas, no water, no electricity. Um, it was zoned rural um, and we had a vision, but then you've got to go through getting a piece of land ready for development to 
you know, in effect, to be able to hold a stadium and, and commercial buildings and a training facility and a thousand residential lots. So that process, um, it's been about three and a half years, which sounds like a long process, but for the enormity of the project, it's actually really quick and it's in effect been fast tracked by Wyndham. Uh, the state government, um, you know, also, you know, fast tracked that planning process, even though it took a bit longer than we, we'd hoped, um, you know, to get that approved by the state government in that seven, eight month window we're wrapped with. And, and ultimately, um, you know, we've got to put the roads and the services to the site. Um, but, you know, we've got master plan approval for everything we want to do. And um, now we're full steam ahead. I mean, I'm really interested to, to touch on the, the Milwaukee Bucks aspect of this because the, the, the people responsible, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, who were responsible for designing that stadium were also involved in the sort of conception of, of the, the Western United Stadium plans as well? Yeah, so that, that was designed by Populous, who was, you know, um, you know, probably the the um, at the at the lead of um, designs around the world for a lot of stadiums. So yeah, they did do the Milwaukee Bucks Stadium, and with with the precinct, it's built into the community. Mm-hmm. So you sort of, I still remember getting off. Um, we didn't catch a train, but people were getting off a train, going home. Some were going to work. We were just at a restaurant, um, you know, and you walk around a corner and you go, "Wow, the stadiums!" You didn't even realize it was that close to where the city was, and it was just built into the city. So there was mm-hmm. just um, you couldn't not get into it. You couldn't not watch it. You couldn't not know the event was on. And ultimately, um, you know, that's that sort of model around, you know, activating the community via sport, um, getting kids, you know, off the streets and, and giving them sport as their um, avenue to, um, I suppose, release energy and to um, focus on the good and um, that can come from playing sport. That's what it's going to be about. And Western United Football Club, I suppose, is the first uh, franchise, but we've got ambitions to go into other codes um, under the Western United banner, and in effect, make it the you know the northwest of Victoria as our um, our region and our tribalism that will come from that region. I mean, everything you're saying with respect to that, Jason, is really music to my ears as like an avid football enjoyer. Because I wouldn't necessarily use the example of Milwaukee Bucks, but like for me, I have family in Scotland, and most specifically in Edinburgh. And you see, um, you know, Hibs Ground, for example, in Leith is. And I've literally had that experience you're referring to where you can be walking through the streets of Leith and you're thinking, oh, what's that jutting bit of green metal stretching out over the, the road? And it's 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 the stadium and, and you have no idea. So to be able to create something like that uh, in Victoria, especially when we've really got quite a distinct sporting precinct, like the MCJ, Amy Park, they're great stadiums, but they're in their own little zone. They're not kind of hidden away in this kind of integrated area. So it must be such an exciting prospect for you to be able to deliver something that really is quite unique to, to the sporting landscape here in the country. Yeah, it is. And like I said, it's the first of its kind in Australia, but quite common overseas. I think David Beckham's doing one in Miami as well. But even even going back to your example, like most people, and I've, I've travelled a fair bit around the world, and football's always a sport you can talk to uh, with anyone, anywhere. Um, but ultimately, you know, it could be in, um, you know, we're in Africa for the World Cup and bump into an English guy and he breaks for Leeds. Why does he break for Leeds? Because that's where his father was from or that's where he was born. And, and that tribalism around and being passionate about your area, um, you know, that's what the journey we're on. And it's a long game because um, I feel, you know, I reckon the last time tribalism existed was when Victory was the only team um, in Victoria and it was it against Adelaide, the one that grand final 6-0 and he followed football, which we all do. Uh, we probably all supported victory because it felt like Victoria versus South Australia and we're all mm. uh, Victorian. So I felt like that's been lost a little bit. So the narrative that um, the APL is um, going to be pushing and we're definitely pushing is uh, cities move to Casey. Uh, they're in the southeast. 
uh, we're the northwest, and you know, there's a, a facility getting built um, at Latrobe, which the natural fit would be for Victory to be, um, you know, in the northeast. So, and then cut up Victoria, like you know, I suppose the VFL AFL used to be, where you had zones, mm. and that's where tribalism comes from. So, if you think of, you know, my family are North Melbourne supporters, but why? Um, you know, when my grandfather immigrated um, and our family moved, they they first lived in North Melbourne, and that was that. You know, they couldn't speak the language, but sport was what. Um, connected them to Australia and it was we live in North Melbourne so we're passionate about North Melbourne and you know two three generations on uh, we're all North Melbourne supporters so that vision around um, you know Western United um, you know and I, I bump into so many people who um, you know they're from the West and they're like oh you know we're victory supporters but you guys are doing good things and we want to come across um, yeah I don't expect them to come across I'd like them to um, but ultimately it's that that longer term game because any kid born in the green and black you know we want them to to know that's your region, it's our region. That's why you're behind West United and um, that passion that comes with a football, but be from um, the geography linked to where your football club is. That's that's the longer term game that we're we, we're living. I just want to take note of uh, Lockie saying something positive about Hibs. I, I know it's, it's I'm a hard fan. So it's it's very rare that I <laughs> very rare that I do that. Yeah, it's it's weird that I didn't go straight to Tynecastle, but anyway, uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, the other the other thing, you know, you've spoken, Jason, about all the different. Um, you know, levers and actions that go into something like it's it's not a simple process by any stretch of the imagination, which I think everyone knows. But even then, you don't really get uh, the specifics and the quite the level of depth that it goes to. You're only really scratching the surface. But it must help when you're trying to get things done, to lobby people, to make decisions, to have a, a team that is making such great headlines on the pitch this season. It, it, it can't hurt when you're trying to do those sorts of things. I imagine. Yeah, absolutely, and, and even um, I'm so even last night I'm so proud of the guys. Like the way we actually played really well, and mm. it's one nil at half time. But if we play like that again, um, you know, and, and we're going into you know victory's home ground, uh, their home leg. But um, and I used the analogy the other day; it's going to be like 300 Spartans against you know all the all the Persians. Um, <laughs> uh, that's why we need all the green and the green and black supporters there. But um, ultimately, yeah, it, it's sort of um, you know it's a journey on and off the field. So going back to the property side, like getting land ready like we're talking geo testing indigenous overlay reports flood and flora and fauna flooding like we've had that many consultants to get the site ready mm-hmm. and as a team um when i refer to western melbourne group western united there's a team on the property side that are full steam ahead there's you know even you guys know about the events we've had this week we've had five events uh just for you know our, our, our final seasons um function and then a women's announcement and then um, you know, we, 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 our team's off the field and then there's on the field. And on the field, um, they're, they're doing us proud and they're, they're playing in a, a manner that, you know, nothing's coming easy. We're fighting for it. We're structured. Um, and that tenacity and resolve, I'm, I'm hoping, still gets us through um, after Saturday night. Well, we do have a lovely little slideshow of photos here. So I thought I'd give you the opportunity, Jason, to give us the latest updates on, on the uh, on the training precinct and how the construction's actually going because everyone likes, likes to see some soil getting moved and some uh, some bulldozers <laughs> actually in action. Let's do it. So th- these were only taken um, last week. So they're, they're you know, and we're, we're full steam ahead on the training precinct. So we had to, um, uh, for those who know the area, extend Leaks Road and then uh, the roads into the site so that, um, you know, with council, we can get the, the training fields um, and the, the uh, commercial land around it um, going. So I'll get you to show the slides now, but we've um, it's just beautiful when you can actually see the turf and see the pitch. So they actually, um, and it's a big process to get, um, you know, the quality pitches that we want in the elite training facilities at a standard that will be A-league standard. Um, so, and it's a long journey to, to get the grass to where we need to. So 
if you want to play it, are you playing individuals now or I just can't. yeah they're rolling they're rolling oh they're rolling are they I can't see them so um yeah so again it's a uh, I'm not sure which ones you're looking at but you like yeah the works and and the the actual outlines of where the training pitches will be and where the um you know the club facilities will be um is full steam ahead so I think um I think the public can still drive down there and have a look as well but um you're gonna see yeah, a lot of um you know starting with the training fields and um yeah that's on track and where that's fast track so we're hoping hopeful. Um, that in, you know, in 12 to 15 months that you know that elite training facility is ready and in the background you'll be able to see the main stadium um, getting built but as an alternative um, you know as an option sorry is um you know we're still looking for a place to play and call home uh, and the quicker we could have our own home the, the better for us so that 5,000 seat stadium um, I'd love to just play in that little boutique um, stadium and, to, and pack it out and um, have 8,000 people trying to get into it uh, whilst our main stadium is getting built in the background. So this will be the plan is this will be the temporary home of the team while the main stadium's getting built. That's that's big. Yeah, that's what we're working towards. So because um, ultimately, um, you know, and you guys, you know, guys are football people. Like you, to have passion, um, you need to be close to the action. You need a rectangular stadium, um, and the, the the fans are everything. So I'd rather, and no disrespect to where we played, but you know, instead of a forty thousand AFL oval uh, stadium that's got five thousand people in it, I'd rather pack out a a 5,000 rectangular stadium that's ours, um, that's in the West, um, and not have to move uh, to all these different venues that we move to. So, yeah, that, that's that's the aim. So we're, we're um, you know, fast-tracking that and hopeful to have it, if not by the end of next season, definitely the season after. Oh, and the other great element about all of this that we saw come out of the, the finals luncheon last week is that when the precinct is finished and we do get the chance to sort of play the home games there. It's not just going to be the senior men's. It's not just going to be the academy side. It's going to be the A-League women's team as well taking the field. That uh, must be such a, for everyone involved in the club, such a, a fantastic thing to um to get over the line. We know it's been in, in the works for for a while, but to have it signed, sealed, delivered and out there in the public, uh, yeah, you must be you must be wrapped. Uh, we're wrapped, relieved, because um, Chris and I um, and Amanda, but mainly Chris and I have just been, pushing the APL and I think Danny, I don't know if you're at the function, but Danny Townsend was like, you know, Jason Chris been busting our balls and ringing us every week. And we were, <laughs> um, he wasn't joking. So it was sort of, um, and it was just getting the, the official stamp of approval. Like we knew it was coming. Um, and we're just wrapped because it's part of our strategy. Like, um, you know, we're fortunate. I've got another business that, that manages a lot of athletes um, and the women's game is just globally growing and the standard is growing so quickly. And, you know, we need, we want to be part of that. And, um, you know, and you know, the, the partnership with Calder, you know, arguably one of the best elite pathways, um, you know, from under eight girls all the way through. Um, they won, you know, every title, uh, a lot of titles in the last few years. But ultimately, that, that you know, the partnership with them, we've been we've had that for two years. So we've been investing in mm. uh, the women's game and the community, um, you know, from the day of our inception. Because ultimately, uh, that's our path. And, and again, having you know the 300, 400 um, girls um, at Calder, that, that's another supporter base. That's another uh, Western United fan, that whole family, um, you know, that's how we're going to grow, especially when you're a new franchise and a new franchise that was born on the eve of, of a pandemic. Um, that Yeah, we've had challenges and hurdles that, you know, we're just sticking to our path and we know what our path is and it's uh, boys, girls um, aspiring to, you know, play for our club and support our club and, um, you know, give them a, an elite pathway, a true elite pathway um, that makes them better and, and hopefully have some, has them playing for us one day, whether that's men's or, or, or ladies. And the timing really couldn't be better for the women's team to be introduced next season because it's the lead into a women's World Cup, a home World Cup. 
yeah, yeah. It frustrates me that you wouldn't even know it's on in, in Victoria. So it's, mm. it, it actually, yeah, really shits me. But um, uh, yeah, we've got a Women's World Cup, third or fourth largest event in the world. Um, and we'll have a W League team, and um, you know, and we're not just putting a W League team up for the sake of it. We actually want to, um, we actually want to win the thing. So there's a club championship um, in Australia, which actually aggregates points for men's and women's. And, and um, yeah, by virtue of us being second or third this season, we're actually doing pretty well without the women's team. So um, <laughs> we want to go pretty hard on the women's team next year, and and just as a club, just continue the success that we've had. And the other thing about that partnership with Calder is it, it's not just a, a sort of method through which you can tap into a new set of fans but it's also a a pathway for for juniors right up into that senior side it, it feels like with the introduction of Western into the A-League women's with that top to bottom pathway the commencement of the training precinct the strength of the the men's team it feels like that long-term vision is really starting to to, to fall into place for the club. Yeah, it is. It is, and um, I've got two young girls as well, and they um, they love the sport, and that's the reality of it. So, um, and I'll, going back to my other stuff, like we we manage uh, that many athletes, and uh, fortunate to have a couple of Matildas on our books. Um, you know, Steph Catley, who, who who we manage at Hemisphere, that is part of the Matildas, um, in endorsement deals, and and um, her brand gets more than some of the AFL captains that we manage. So, like uh, globally, um, football, uh, women's football particularly, is is going through it a growth trajectory that, um, you know, we need to be part of and we want to be part of. So hopefully my girls are playing for the um, the Matildas one day and hopefully my girls are, you know, I get to travel to watch them all over the world because they're going to they're gonna make it. No pressure on them, obviously. But, <laughs> yeah, we're only four and two, mind you, so just teach them to kick the ball both feet at the moment. I'm glad you brought that up because that that's the the counter argument to all of the the old nonsense that women's football isn't financially viable and we can't invest in it and make it as good as the men's side of things because it doesn't bring in as much revenue. That's just flat out not true anymore, is it? I I think it's actually the next five to ten years. That's where you're going to see the growth. Um, you're seeing it with Sam Kerr, who yeah one of the best players in the world. Um, yeah, she's earning more than um, most AFL players. So from an earning perspective. Uh, it's just that in this country, unfortunately, that football doesn't get, um, you know, the coverage and that it should, especially in this state, unfortunately. Um, but ultimately, that it's a global game. So the ambitions to, to um, you know, be elite in Australia, and we need to drive that as as owners of the leagues and owners of the teams. But you want um, boys and girls. I want I want them all to have that vision to to be the best in the world and to play a sport that can take them around in the world and um, and get paid well for it. And, and ultimately, if you think of the, you know, the TV viewership of the Women's World Cup. Um, last year, and I can't wait for this year because it's only going to improve because the standards improving and uh, more of the world's aware of the women's game now. Um, yeah, that, that more eyeballs equals more revenue, which equals more, um, and rightfully so, more wages for women that um, you know will continue to grow. And Australia's got some of the best players in the world. Well, so um, yeah. Well, Jason, to to hear all of this stuff is it, it's invigorating at every level of the club, every different facet is is really exciting. Well, one final one for you before. We let you go. We know there's so many different elements working in, but what's the single thing if you had to pick that excites you the most for Western United over over the next few years? As a group or on the field? What are you thinking? You thinking uh, football? Or you thinking just as a broader group? Let's go a, a, as a group. As a group. Uh, as a group, I just can't wait to be in our in, in a home in our in our home in the West because, like, you know what we um we've got clipped over nine thousand members. We've got some such loyal um, fans already. And we, our, our big part of our strategy is the community and being in the community. And for the first two and a half years, we couldn't be in the community. Um, so, you know, going into every school in the Northwest, 
going to football clubs and actually working with them instead of just trying to you know take the best players and, and develop them actually work with them so it goes both ways and get them behind our club and actually have a a true region that is ours and actually invest back into that um, region and actually have, um, you know, the, the longer-term game of having, you know, those um, kids and parents and families actually coming across to support the green and black, which has been difficult um, because we're moving around so much, being difficult because we couldn't be in the community. And, you know, all that's changing now. Like, you know, in 12 months, you know, 15 months, worst case, so it's not the next season will be the season after, albeit starting with the 5,000-seat stadium until... Um, our main stadium's ready. We'll be in our own our own home, um, our own facility. We'll pack it out. We'll make noise. Um, so so that's what excites me the most. So I think we're playing. Um, you know, we've been finals what two of our three seasons, um, and, and ultimately we're a new chat. We're, we're writing our own um, journey. We're writing our own, um, you know, I suppose path. And and the the reality is we want to be a successful club. And you know, two out of three seasons to make finals uh, with all the. Um, I suppose, hurdles that we've gone through, when you actually achieve something, when there's so many haters and there's so many people thinking you won't actually achieve it, it just makes it sweeter. So I, I actually um, just can't wait to for our club to continue to grow, but to actually do it um, in a region that's going to be the heartland and the town centre of Wyndham, um, the heartland of the West, and and keep growing our, our supporter base, our our teams, um, our franchises, and, and actually make the, the northwest of Victoria the green and black territory. It reminds me of that uh, that famous Ange Postacoglu line that's doing the rounds. That his favourite bit is uh, is when everybody's doubting him, and, uh, and that's the phase that Western United have been in. But slowly, by slowly, slowly but surely, I should say, mm. proving those doubters wrong. Jason, the bar has been set for uh, for CP. I have to say, uh, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Uh, best of luck on the weekend, uh, but more importantly, best of luck with carrying out this long term vision for the club. Thanks a lot, guys, and thanks for the support, and um, love your show.